The narrative around quest for scholars can often be reduced to the idea of striving for and achieving traditional metrics of success, like getting into a prestigious graduate program or obtaining a high income or climbing the corporate ladder. But in reality, figuring out your career path and your own version of success is often deeply influenced by your personal passions, family obligations, or by a strong desire to give back to your community. In today's episode, QuestBridge alum Joey Barnett, a 2012 graduate of Princeton University, sheds light on his unusual career path, which has taken him all over the world and spanned a wide variety of fields, from Bollywood dance to philanthropy. Despite this road less traveled, Joey has also made a point of keeping in close contact with his family and the community he grew up in. In our final episode of this season, Joey speaks with our host, Saxon Bryant, on finding your way through various career pivots, all while staying connected to your roots. I'm Grace Sun, and this is The Quest Continues. Hello, everybody. I'm Saxon Bryant, your host for today's episode. And today we'll be talking about how one of our QuestBridge alum balances their career path and personal goals with staying connected with their family and community, a balancing act that many can find challenging, especially as they go through different stages of their lives and careers. Our guest today is Joey Barnett, a QB alum who graduated from Princeton in 2012. How are you doing today, Joey? I'm doing great. How about yourself? So far, so good, honestly. Before we start diving into, you know, your career path, your trajectory and things like that, it'd be great just to hear a bit about yourself, you know, your upbringing, sort of your background and where you come from. Yeah. So um, in terms of my roots, I'm originally from Central California, the San Joaquin Central Valley, uh, the part of California people typically don't think about when they think about the West Coast. (laughs) Um, It's an agricultural area. My mom was from an Azorian Portuguese dairy farming family. My dad's side was a group of people that came out from the Dust Bowl in the early 1900s, but also he himself was a rancher, uh, bartender, and bookie, believe it or not. So just um, a a definitely variety of uh, backgrounds in one. Lovely. It'd also be great to hear a bit about what was your experience like at Princeton and sort of how that shaped some of your interests, and in particular, if there was anything you noticed about your time at Princeton that you still keep with you to this day. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think starting out, like most Questbridge alums, I was one of the few people from my area, from my high school, to go back east for college, um, let alone to an Ivy. And getting connected to Princeton um, through the Questbridge college match process uh, was an introduction, a dating process, and a marriage all at once. Um, so when I eventually went over there, I visit over the weekend. I knew so little about the school. And in some ways, I thought I was giving up a lot to go there in terms of my social life. Um, I didn't know what it would look like to live amongst all these brilliant people day after day, people who work from very different backgrounds, such as mine. But I think as soon as I landed there, um, there was a sense of like home to me. Uh, One of my best friends I met pretty much within my first week of school. Her name was PJ Thos. She was from Delhi. And she and I were up to many escapades throughout four years, just enjoying sort of the social life of a college experience. And I actually say that that was one of the primary things I took with me is that I came from this hometown where community and family and being connected in this pseudo small town was really important. And I think going to Princeton where I was surrounded by all these resources, 
all these opportunities to explore was amazing and feeling resourced and secure in that was really special. But I think being able to do that against the backdrop of feeling connected in a community was one of the most critical parts of it for me. Glad to hear that you were able to get so much out of the experience. You know, after you graduated, sort of, it'd be great to hear a bit about where you lived for that in terms of your career and maybe some of the different places you've gone to after leaving Princeton. Yeah. Um, I mean, this definitely connects with my time at Princeton as well is I mentioned my friend Peter Das, who I became very close with within my first year of school. And one of the quick exchanges we did in that time was I kept playing country music for her and she kept showing me Bollywood movies. And I became so obsessed with them that it became my research topic. It became my pastime. I started learning to dance um, because of it. Uh, and ultimately, even though I exited college and tried to go into consulting like so many of my classmates in New York, I found myself exiting the office, hopefully by like 5, 6 p.m. every day to be able to go to dance classes. And then eventually two auditions where after auditioning multiple times for the same company, I eventually got to uh, join this Bollywood dance um, stage show called Mystic India The World Tour by Optima Performing Arts. And from that, I ended up leaving my consulting job after less than a year and touring the world dancing full time. And that to me was obviously something that wasn't in the plan exiting Princeton, but it was definitely in the dream, if you will. <laughs> and, um, I took that with me. I, I was, like I said, I, this is a research interest as well as a personal passion. So I went to academia um, after a couple of years of doing that and started doing, I entered this PhD program at UC Irvine, where I was researching Bollywood and thinking around all right, what is the economic impact of Bollywood on the cityscape of Mumbai and the working class individuals that are involved there? Um, ended up exiting academia after a couple of years due to some family needs and working back in the private sector at Universal Pictures, so transitioning to the entertainment sector again um, and working as uh, ultimately as a box office analyst and progressing to director of analytics there before going to business school and now most recently working uh, in philanthropy at Omidyar Network as an associate in programs. Wow, amazing. And, you know, you've mentioned obviously a bunch of different pivots, PhD, back into the private sector, sort of your social impact work now. You know, as you've gone through some of these different changes in your career, what have been some of the influences and thought processes behind a lot of those changes? Together, they all make sense in retrospect, but I'm sure at the time it didn't feel like all part of the master plan. Yeah, definitely. And in my family's perception, there's always a, why the heck are you doing this for sure? Um, and I'd say at the beginning, you know, especially exiting Princeton, it was a lot of having to explore on foot myself because a lot of that exploration that I didn't get to do coming from the home, the hometown I was from, I'm growing up sort of was displaced onto a later part of my life. So trying out consulting for a second, which was an industry I hadn't even thought about or known about before college or even really before my junior, senior year of college. Um, and then getting to actually explore Bollywood and, and go to India more often and travel more often. That was something I didn't get to really understand before. I wasn't a very, we weren't very global um, the community, if you will, in central California. So on the first part of that, it was very much like responding to that delayed need to explore and to touch things for myself. Um, on the second half of it, it was definitely being more responsive to my hometown family community needs. Um, within my first year of 
uh, my PhD program, um, we started getting hit by, and my family started getting hit by this sort of this wave of tragedies. First, my little brother passed away within a few years of starting my PhD program um, in a car accident. And then within a year and a half after that, my own father fell ill after a massive stroke and started suffering from vascular dementia. And through all these things, um, it was important for me to be able to go home and to help take care of things, whether it was unfortunately planning a funeral or making sure that everything was quote unquote okay in that moment. And especially near the end of my father's life, planning for um, planning for his estate, planning what there was of it, and making sure that he was in a hospital when he needed to be, had the medical services he needed. And it was a lot of caretaking in that. And while I was in my PhD program, um, I was trying to go back and forth to India to do my research. And that just didn't feel commensurable with the life I had to leave at home. That plus the financial needs of what I thought I might need to contribute to make sure my father had a sustainable end-of-life experience. Um, ultimately, I didn't need to financially support him because he ended up passing sooner than I had hoped. But I think just having that stability of the private sector job became incredibly important for me to manage my anxieties about the needs that were being asked of me at home. Um, or not even asked of me, but I expected on myself in, um, in providing back home. So those were definitely being responsive to that. And then later uh, on, I would say like going to business school, that was again, for me, it was back to gaining you know, a swirl of luxury because I had advanced pretty well at Universal Pictures. Um, I was a director and making good enough money where I was like, all right, I can probably take two years out um, and advance my career another way. And so going to Stanford Graduate School of Business, I was able to take a time out. And while I was there, um, I think that last pivot that I've read most recently made into philanthropy has been a way of me responding to my community needs in a more voluntary way. I went in the early pandemic days, and during that time, I witnessed a lot of needs in my own home community, um, particularly with students who were either from low-income backgrounds or set out um, on the outskirts of town in the county who didn't have access to internet. And I literally saw good friends of mine who are now teachers, educators, dropping off paper packets uh, in, to the students because they couldn't log on for classes or anything like that. So there was this need I saw around infrastructure, around what do we provide for basic needs for students in these areas that are under-resourced. And I thought about like, what am I doing about this? And how do I, and maybe this is how I stay connected to something in my career, because by then the luster of entertainment and all the cool things my classmates were doing just didn't feel as exciting to me as maybe feeling connected to the stories and the needs of people who I could sort of more or less relate to, even though I was fortunate enough to be in a household that did have internet eventually, et cetera. So, um, yeah, I think that that has been the most recent rationale for my pivots. And I guess how has that motivation helped you personally? You know, as I'm sure you have probably seen both in your business school classmates and just in general, oftentimes people struggle with burnout. They struggle with that motivation aspect. And to be quite frank, throughout all your different roles, it sounds like you've been very busy and very engaged. How do you sort of take time for yourself and, you know, make sure that you still have the energy that you need to be supporting all these communities, all your work and all the different things that you're doing. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll say, I'm, I think I'm pretty fortunate in terms of, I think I have a good work-life balance. Um, I like, I have a strong community here in San Francisco where I live currently. And 
I think when I talk about supporting my communities, sometimes like that to me is fulfilling to go back. I run with my old cross country team here and there, including the high schoolers. I get to like help out once in a blue moon and just like, show up and cheer for the team. So that to me is incredibly energizing. It keeps me motivated in my hobbies, which are pretty much just like running and maybe reading and socializing. <laughs> um, and so, so those things in themselves are like kind of drive me. It's not, I, I wish I could say that I was like sacrificing myself on the block to make sure that everyone in my home community is getting exactly what they need. But in some ways it's sort of mutually reinforcing to me. I get energy from those people, from those communities who really inspire me pretty, um, pretty often. Really glad to hear that. And I guess as we maybe turn a bit towards things we might give advice to other QB alum, other Questies, especially maybe undergraduates who are going through college right now, you know, how would you advise them about finding these sorts of communities? You know, maybe it is they're just direct family, but maybe it's not. Maybe they are starting a new job in a new city, or maybe they are moving across the country, or maybe they just haven't found, again, that support network yet. And would you have any advice for people trying to seek that out or find that network? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think on the one hand, the phrase that comes to mind is just like, keep the lines open. Um, because I think that there are people who you will connect with early on. Like you may not think about in a few weeks or a few months time, but will cycle back into your life and might become a very central part of it. So I think that especially for a lot of, Questbridge students and alums who go off to school, they're going to this place where there's an entire new set of people, but keep your lines open with your home community, I think is important so that you can reconnect when you go home. And then when you leave these spaces, you might go back to your home area, you might go somewhere completely different, but keeping those lines open with that community that you started with, even at your new school, I think is a great way of just being open to the possibilities of relationship. And life is long, hopefully, and so there's a lot of ways that your connections and your relationships will shuffle in and out. And I think that idea of keeping the lines open just allows you to be opportunistic about who operates in your circle and who you will connect and deepen a relationship with at any given point in time. That makes sense. And on that point about maybe staying open, you know, I think for a lot of, you know, fellow questies as well, you know, they want to stay open, they want to stay flexible, but also there is kind of this sort of attachment to stability and security, especially for many people who are maybe the first in their family to have made it to college. They're sort of that internal, I just need to lock down the you know most decent, stable job I can so that I can be in a position to support the people around me and support myself. And I guess how, you know, what advice would you give to them where, you know, obviously there's, a, there's benefits to staying open, to staying flexible, to chasing those rare and exotic opportunities, but often many times Questbridge alum feel like they can't or feel like they shouldn't. Yeah, I waffle on this one a lot. Um, there were consequences of me choosing like an art, like an artist and then an academics life for the first few years out of college, where as some of my classmates, both ones that started out better off and ones that start out from similar spots as me, um, whereas a lot of them may have gone on for more sort of consistent and more well-paying careers and um and i and i see the effects of that in my i see it in my finances i've seen the fact that i don't own my home <laughs> like and uh and yet to me like that's those experiences really matter and i was still able to show up when i needed to um so i think given that 
I think the thing to remember for a lot of students from similar positions, especially Questbridge students, is on the one hand, like those concerns are so real and it's important to pay attention to those because I think a lot of people from maybe wealthier, more privileged backgrounds might say, oh, take the risk because there is a bigger safety net for people who come from that. Um, and I think to paying attention to your gut that there is a risk is important. On the other hand, um, again, we're talking about Questbridge students. All these students have done it. They've attained something by getting to the schools that they've, they've gotten into. They are setting themselves up for success and they do have choice. So while the risks are real, the choice is also real. It's about finding the right balance between passion and also strategy around what you want to do. And for me, I think how that's manifested most recently is there are many things I want to do, but I don't have the same safety net as, again, like people from certain backgrounds. And so I have to advocate harder on what is the minimum salary I can make? What type of company can I actually go to? I'm, a, I'm working in philanthropy, not a nonprofit, for example, unfortunately. Um, and I probably can't go work for a nonprofit right after school. And I think that knowing that and knowing what your hard lines are in terms of what can make things feasible if you need to show up and when you need to show up for your hometown communities, for your family, for your friends, um, knowing those hard lines is incredibly important to feeling free in the choices you do make. Um, so I think, again, just acknowledging that the concerns we all have are very real, but again, acknowledging that how far we've got to this point has weight to it and it does have access opportunity to it as well. I couldn't have said it any more beautifully if you'd given me a week to draft it, so thank you <laughs> for that. And also, I want to thank you again, Joey, for speaking with me today, for sharing some of your experiences. It's been a delight chatting with you. The Quest Continues is a production of QuestBridge, a nonprofit organization that connects outstanding students from low-income backgrounds with opportunities at top colleges and universities. I would like to thank Saxon Bryant for conducting this interview and Joey Barnett for sharing his story. If you would like to learn more about QuestBridge, please visit us at questbridge.org. If you are interested in contacting us about this podcast or to reach Joey, please email us at alumni at questbridge.org. Since this is our final episode for season three, I would like to extend a special thank you to our team at QuestBridge for helping to produce this podcast, in particular to Ali O'Connor and Janet Martinez. Also, another thank you to our hosts for the season, QuestBridge alumni Saxon Bryant and Jamile Jean Leger, and also to all our alumni guests who shared their experiences and stories with us this season. As always, thanks to you, our listeners, and we hope you join us next time for The Quest Continues.